The Talk Too Much podcast episode number 30 is here. Wow, we made it to 30 episodes. This week, uh, I had two episodes, as I said. Uh, Ivana's episode was on Tuesday, and today I'm going to be dropping the episode with my boy Defaced. Uh, if any of you don't know, Defaced is one of the best digital artists in the world. Um, I was going through Twitter, and I stumbled across his work, and it just blew me away. It instantly caught my eye. Many artists in this NFT space, this digital art space, they focus on realistic graphics like Cinema 4D, uh, art with depth, and with due reason, myself included, um, I'm trying to master, I'm, tr- I'm currently trying to learn Cinema 4D for my piece as well. But Deface is different in the sense that he creates his depth organically. He doesn't need to use a 3D software, he uses Illustrator, and he creates his depth through shading, through coloring techniques, through shape techniques. Um, I'm going to put his work, when I have an artist on, I'm going to put their work right before the episode. So you guys are about to see his work. Um, I can honestly say it's one of the best vector design artists I've ever seen in the world. Um, and I'm not I'm not being exaggerating. When you guys look at his pieces, you'll see how unique they are because each style, like when he, each piece he has is his style. You know, when you see that piece, you know, oh, that comes from Defaced. And for me, I think to be able to stand out in a space where cinema 4D and 3D motion graphics are dominant with your illustrator technique, it says a lot about your talent, in my opinion. Um, and I truly expect that he'll be one of the best and most authentic um, digital artists in the space. And what I mean by that is when you guys watch this episode, we're going to teach you how to sell your NFTs. Um, he gives great advice on what platforms to use and what tactics to use to actually make sales. But when you watch this episode, you're going to see that he's really about his art. Like his goal is to be one of the best artists. Like he genuinely loves this space and he loves his craft. So as opposed to many other artists getting in the space who have just dollar signs in their eyes, you're going to see Deface is actually authentic. And honestly, I think you will all love his style. Check out the art and let me know what you guys think in the episode. Peace. Hi, bro. What's happening? How's it going, my guy? Yeah, good, man. Hey, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this. It's really a pleasure to meet you, and it's an honor to do this with you. Um, so my name is Sina. Um, I'm the host of the Talk Too Much podcast. Um, I've been looking through your work. I've been very immersed with this digital art space. In fact, I actually want to ask you some questions after this. You know, I really want to find a way. Well, looking, I'm going to look at this camera, by the way, so I might not be looking directly. So good. <laughs> so I want to find a way to integrate this show into the art space. I want to create NFTs out of each episode, but I want to create art designs out of it. And so I decided to immerse myself in this community. And while I was looking through this community, I noticed your art stood out a little bit than other people's art. You don't, you don't do the same type of NFTs as others do. And what I mean by that is you create your depth. I noticed through vector designs, right? On Illustrator, Photoshop. So if you could please introduce yourself, um, who you are, what you go by. I apologize. This theme keeps auto-focusing. If you could please introduce yourself, who you are, who you go by, and what got you here. Um, I'm the face studio or Kane overall, but um, I've been as a graphic designer around 2018. I went freelance. I left school and started making logos for a living. Then um, 
after a while I started dabbling in more illustration based work. So like I might do some badges or something along those lines. Then I started dipping more into um illustration work and um yeah, it's sort of um blossomed from that and I started to get more like jobs based on my illustration work, then I could live off that. Then last September I was introduced to NFTs. Um then that's been a massive amount of my income for the past few months and just like learning about it all and the business models and scarcity and all this stuff. Um so yeah, over the last few months that's been my primary income and where I've been really. And so you said you mentioned we're gonna start I want to start with your illustrations. Um so the process itself do you use, use Illustrator? Do you hand draw your ideas first, then upload into Illustrator? Yeah, I used to do that quite a bit, but now I usually start off with either the pen tool or just raw shapes. Like um, everything is made up of shapes. Like if you take Mickey Mouse, for example, you have the head and the circles. So once you start seeing character designs and stuff like that in your head, you can sort of block them out. In painting, there's a process called blocking where um, – people usually block the shapes out and sort of work off there. So I do a similar sort of um, idea through um, Illustrator. So I have a question. question. Yeah, sorry about that. This thing keeps autofocusing. No, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you. You said the NFTs you introduced last September, but recently the Hyper NFTs just this year broke, broke out. So you got in, got in there pretty early. Can you please explain how you got in this space so early? And now that we're on it, what you think of this space going forward? Um, I got into it through a guy called Loopify, and I think we I already had a sort of community. Um, we were all sort of graphic designers and a couple artists, and um, I think, I'm not sure where Loopify heard of it, but he sort of informed me, he's like, you need to check this out, and I kind of put it off for a few months because I was like, sounds like just something to put off to one side, like a lot of people I imagine thinking now. Um, so that's how I got introduced into it. Then I just started dabbling and I started selling a few pieces on Rarible and collectors. Then you sort of meet more artists and it sort of mutually evolves through Twitter mainly. And um, what was it? What do I think of the space going forward? Yeah. Do you have confidence in the space for all young artists, for example, like for myself, especially like I want to pro post my yeah. first NFT this week. Do you have confidence it's still, there's still time to get in the space and it's still going to evolve? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, there's always um, talk about, is it a bubble? But I suppose you don't know till it's burst. But I think uh, there's still mainstream names coming into the space and a lot of successful projects. And I think it'll all hinge on um, what a lot of people aren't, need to pay more attention to is uh, their model coming into the space. Like what, like not just uploading shit or not just chucking art up with no context, no community back no like interaction with the community like i see a lot of really they're fucking great artists but they're not they haven't like reached out to anyone they're just like here's my nft buy it. it's like there's no like substance there's no story and i think people buy story so i think developing people's stories or making people aware of your story through however you plan to do it if you're doing like these little like um i've seen so like i think ferocious for a while the artists done like these little update videos where he'd talk into the camera and say, oh, I'm ferocious, I do these paintings. And people would, because of his character, people would sort of um, be drawn to that sort of figures in the space. So I think there's so many strategies um, to deploy that I think people have got to start thinking of it more um, in a business and brand sense um, and marketing. So I, you said something very interesting. I think that's the biggest thing because now I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to start posting art. I'm going to start posting art. Yeah, you need to have this one-of-a-kind talent, but you also need to have that grit to constantly be engaging, just like you said. So 
What I noticed is there's a lot of platforms to engage on. Do you have any advice for any young artists who need marketing help? What platforms to use? I heard Clubhouse is big. Discord is big. What discords? Like, how could they get access to these artists? I, um, I'm i not a big group chat guy. I just don't like the dynamic of it. It doesn't do much for me. A lot of people are in group chats through just getting invited through interacting on Twitter. So commenting on someone's post, retweeting it, like just just interacting with people and saying this is fucking great i love how you did this or like just jumping as because as, twitter's so it's like an open room do you know what i mean it's like everyone can just walk in and chat and like if you bring something you bring value to people through what you're tweeting or what you're saying or sharing people's art then that'll be definitely reciprocated if you're bringing value um but discord wise i've been invited to a few discords but i don't like the ui i just i just can't can't wrap my head around that. I feel old, like in like. Discord. But um, yeah, mainly Twitter is where I network and talk to people, and yeah, talks like this. So, and exactly, that's what I, I noticed too. Because I, I was Twitter. I feel like it might be the number one platform to use because, just like you said, we can tell our stories as artists through Twitter, and it's a lot less of an energy posting platform, right? Yeah, for sure. I used to post on Instagram a lot, and there's a lot of artists who have a massive follow on Instagram, like hundreds of thousands, and they're now so, sort of transitioning to the NFT space. And I don't think you can have the same success on Instagram because I just don't think the community is there, like in the NFT sort of movement. So I think Twitter is definitely the place. Like you get all these artists who are now coming to Twitter and they're starting off with like 100 followers, but they're sort of, they've sort of I think they're getting recognized through their art and then people are linking back to their Instagram go fucking hell, I've got a massive audience. I worked with these companies and shit. So I think Twitter is definitely, um, it, I think it's more, much more of a level playing field than Instagram. Like, um, like I feel like Instagram, like people are up here, people are down here and there's a lot more, um, it's harder to interact with people and get a conversation going and reciprocate value to each other. I actually really agree with that. Instagram is very saturated and, and, as you said, there's a lot of bots on there. It's a lot of dead uh, conversations. I was going to ask you this. Well, you said you mentioned that you got into this in September and you started posting on Rarible and stuff like that. For young artists, you know, there's a lot of NFT posting platforms. Which one do you which ones do you recommend they get into? Because I heard, you know, Rarible, Zora Foundation, you need like an invitation, right? Yeah, Rarible, you don't need an invitation. You can just jump in. Um, it's like an open marketplace like OpenSea. So I think it really depends what you're trying to do um, and how much time you've got. Like, people are really playing this game long term, which is something I've learned to do um, only recently because, like, the last few months it's been really – I've been just, like, I started on Rarible, then I went over to Maker's Place, and I've just been on Foundation, just constantly attacking it. And scarcity is such a – big thing in any uh, business. So you want to really limit down what you're going to do, plan it out. Don't just upload old work, have a like a roadmap, what you want to do. Then um, I think each platform offers something different, even their brand or how they communicate or just what you like to look of. So I think Nifty Gateway has probably got the biggest market cap, but I'd say that's the hardest to get into. Like, um, uh, getting like I think it's a um, you have to like record a video of yourself and go and answer like twenty fucking questions and then you're on a list which is probably booked up till months in the future. Despite um, I think they also message people like if you've got a big following or you're a celebrity like they just message you. So there's people cutting the queue, so that's going to be really because there's so, obviously so many people have just started funneling into the space because you see like these headlines of millions of dollars getting sold. Um, then I think below that is super rare um then that's like a curated platform where you need an invite 
and then there's also waiting list for that so what i'm saying is like it depends how much time you're willing to wait like so i'd say if i think super rare is better if you're more of a artist if, if you know what i mean like you're not like looking for collectibles or something like that i think super rare would be good for an artist but it's like it's a fucking waiting game for a lot of these platforms at the moment just due to the amount of volume and um the size of their teams is not proportionate I'd say. also yeah and i know open c for me i was gonna start off on open c because number one there's a is you like that yeah only a one-time yeah. fee i said to myself like let me just experiment with this and yeah. my nft like uh I decided to learn because I'm just like you. I use Photoshop and, and uh, Illustrator. So I decided to learn Cinema 4D. I, and it's been, you know, a little bit tough. I'm not going to lie. It's been pretty tough. But I, I'm going <laughs> to, I feel like a rendered photo in Cinema 4D, I can't make vector like designs like you with Illustrator and Photoshop. So to me, my best bet to incorporate this show into it with a live guest was Cinema 4D. But you mentioned something uh, very interesting to me. You said um, when you got into it, you were constantly attacking it and you noticed two things. You notice scarcity is important. And then you had that, that you just said you got into that long-term vision. So what do you mean by that long-term vision, that long-term game with this? And how does scarcity apply to that? I think, um, I think, I think with the, with how it's quite interesting when you're in a space time in the NFT community, time seems to go by so fucking fast and like one day feels like a week if you know what i mean so like the amount of shit going on and arts coming in you get sucked into it a bit and think you're missing missing out on something or like for a while i couldn't fucking sleep i was like i was i wouldn't sleep i'd get like a few hours just because you're like fucking hell gotta do this and when you start jumping into that and you're minting stuff every other week and you're like i've got this going on this going on this going on you're not taking a breather and sort of making I think you can make more quality if you give yourself more time between drops and plan it out and really invest back into so I've been investing my profits back into like artists to help on a project or some shit like that so I think that's the sort of I used to be more of a take more of a shotgun approach so I've done paintings all this shit and I just sort of blast it on the wall see what sticks but now I've got a feel for the market and where I think I can innovate and provide value I'm feel like I'm sniping a bit more and have a bit more of a sense of where I'm going what do you mean by that? So you you help other artists as well? Well, got you um, that. Um, I've yeah supported some other artists by now, but I mean, um, I've got like some projects at the moment where I might say need a musician, I might need um someone to provide art that I can't make myself, and like sort of build a project from that, which I wouldn't be able to do in like a week because I need source to people and sort of work and build a project. So scarcity. I want to go back to that because I love how you said that. When you started off, you said you were minting stuff every other week and um, you noticed that you could have more success with scarcity. So what advice do you have for young artists in terms of scarcity? Because I'm assuming just like you, like I'm starting to get discouraged by reading all the news sometimes like, ooh, this new piece of art comes out, this new art comes out. And it's not even every day. It's like every hour. So what in terms of scarcity, what advice do you have for young artists to maintain? I think with that mindset, when you're looking at other people's sales, I, I like to think it's none of my fucking business. Like, cause you start comparing yourself and you're like, fucking hell, is my piece worth that? And you start, you, you suck it, you're sucking in, you suck yourself into a game of comparison, which you, you're only going to fucking lose. Um, so, but I think with scarcity, it's important to, I think just letting shit breathe, like giving it a, a few weeks or a month or something between your work and really thinking about your project a bit more and not so what happens is so a collector will look at your so there's a guy i think it's called joseph park or parker and he's been working in concept art for 
40 years or some shit. But the problem was, so originally the collectors were like, fucking hell, this is awesome. He's a great artist. He's minting these fucking great pieces of art. But the problem was he started minting them once a week or no, it wasn't that. It was like multiple times a week. So he'd have five bits of work up a week. So, so this would, the first one would probably go for like 20, then this would go for 10, then this would go for five, this would go for two, this would go for one. Because there's too many. They're not going to hold their value over time. So I think Salvador Dali done this like at, towards the end of his career. He would just sign bits of paper. He signed hundreds of thousands of bits of paper. So then they're worth would be nothing. It's like a rare Charizard or something like they're rare because there's not many of them. So it's the same like Yeezys as well. Yeezys resale. And you got to think of it like shoes almost like how many times does Yeezy drop a year? Like it's not very many in proportion yeah. to how many people want them. So sort of getting your head more into that sort of area and looking at another market than cross um, analyzing bits. So I have a question because that's interesting because I feel like for, and I think a lot of, for someone like me, like I genuinely want to find a, my own lane. Like I love how you, you are so confident in your style. That's what I'm trying to find with my podcast. But a lot of these new artists, I feel like are in it for a quick buck. I don't know if you share that opinion, but a lot of people are, I feel like. And so even with regardless of that, what do you think about how do you price your items? And I know it depends on your style and you have your own opinions, but if it's better to post uh, less, wouldn't you say it's more logical to increase the price or do you have to start low at first um i think people don't like to say this but i think it depends a lot on your audience so you'll get a lot of artists who have a massive audience and they can afford to sell their work for more because there's more there's it's more value for some reason but i i think oh, that's such a hard question but i think it depends what you're making really like if you're doing like one-off pieces of art and or collectibles then you have auctions and you have like one-off so there's so many like the market can almost dictate where your price is like if you're new to a platform and you have like you accept offers for example like the market may it, you may leave it on for a couple of weeks nothing but someone comes in with one ETH and two ETH and it sort of builds from there so it's quite a hard question but um I think it depends what you're doing like collectibles like if there's going to be hundreds of them, then you obviously want a lower price and one of one, you're probably going to have a higher price and how often you plan on minting and people can see the in value of what, what you're even making. Like how good is your work? Like how, what's the response you're getting from people? Like are people even interested to look at your work? There's so many like different elements at play. And I think what I'm starting to notice is something you said at the beginning of this is there's many business models in this, in this game. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to realize now that like even scarcity, even the amount of like, uh, volumes of your art that you sell plays a factor into your success long-term. I was going to actually ask you to that. You said, you know, how many do you recommend? Do you like to sell in, in large bunches or does it depend on the piece of art? I played um, quite a lot around with this. Um, so like when I started minting, I probably minted like fucking five in a week or something. And they didn't, they like started moving quickly off the shelves and it just sort of tapered down when you're like, oh fuck, like, okay, there's something I need to adjust here. So then I tried some different models where I'd done like a collection of say three paintings, then see how they perform. But then I went straight in the next week and tried to do another three paintings and they didn't move. So it's like, there's so many different ways I sort of have sort of played about with a lot of different models. So I've like, I've dropped seven pieces for like 0.25 just in one go. And I've dropped a one of one. So I've just sort of, a lot of what I've done is just for experimentation and just fucking feeling that out and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, so yeah, that'd be my advice. Just experiment or look at what other people have done and how they've been successful. 
Um, so I have a question and I want to go back to your, your art style, uh, your art style. I want to actually get this for my audience. Um, you use illustrator primarily, right? Yeah. So what got you to get that style? Like your style, like it's every, every piece you have is so different, but it's, it shares, it shares a similar design pattern. It's actually very beautiful. What got you into that style? Like what made you adopt it? Oh, thanks man. I appreciate that. I think it comes from being pretty shit at drawing. So, so using like the primary shape tools on there, just, um, it looks distinct because it's a lot of primary shapes I should imagine. And, um, sort of, um, developing it off the, sort of like Lego, if you know how Lego figures sort of connect and how Lego blocks build on top of each other, sort of that building sort of pieces together. And I've sort of, I sort of dabbled with that for a while and I sort of couldn't, I used to do like you can use the pen tool and illustrate and draw around shit and people like will do a drawing and draw around areas and sort of build it out like that. But I just couldn't that you don't do that. No, I don't do that. I just use, so I'll just make a square, draw a square, draw a circle, then just sort of build off and cut bits out and sort of like bits of paper, like pieces on top of each other. So um, I think it just come from the only thing I can fucking do. So just necessity really and experimentation. That's kind of where I'm at too. It's funny you say yeah. that. Um, so I was going to ask you, where do you find inspiration? Cause all your pieces are out like crazy out of this world ideas. So where do you like get these ideas? Is it just, I'm going to throw a shape up there and as you go, you adapt or do you find inspiration before? Um, a bit of both. So sometimes um, I usually look on Pinterest. So I have a massive Pinterest board with like a thousand, two thousand pieces of art on there and statues and like my say like Mayan statues and Aztec statues and I think looking back a lot of the time at history like there's so much inspiration that we can draw from there and different so I might look at a painting one day or a statue the next day or there's so many different um things you can look at once you have an art style so like once you have an art style you can sort of like take this and put it through your processing machine and sort of just shoot it out so you can sort of process say three bits of art you like and shoot it out somewhere like I might take a sort of why he's done that face or the way he's done that tree and sort of put it in your machine and just shoot out whatever shit you can make um so that's sort of my process at the moment how long did it take you to adopt this art style from the moment you started into this software to now or like how not um, now but how long did it take you to master it to feel comfortable with it oh man um probably looking at uh six months maybe now seven months maybe from the start to it took six seven months not to... not learning illustrator but this style i'd say specifically oh okay 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 yeah so I've what been... about from learning illustrator that whole time uh, like four years. years maybe yeah four years yeah so i you mentioned pinterest and then I, I wanted to tie that in because that was something very interesting um when i worked with a lot of e-commerce brands last year they all we all loved advertising on in, on Pinterest. Do you rec do you advertise on Pinterest ever? Or do you uh, play that game for your art? No, I, I look at Pinterest as more of a tool um, than a social platform. But I suppose you go into each social platform with different intents. So sometimes you might look at say TikTok just to waste ten minutes before you go do something. You might go on Twitter to interact or get information. You might use, and I use Pinterest primarily as a tool. Um, okay. And now there's something I, for my own personal use, something that I know this is probably a beginner's question. How do you, how do you shade your art? What do you, what software do you use to shade or color your art? Illustrator again? Yeah. Uh, I use gradients a lot of the time. So, um, you get different, you get a radial gradient, a linear gradient and all sorts of stuff. So I used to just use flat colors 
and um, just use like, other shapes to sort of suggest shadows. But now I use gradients a lot of the time. So you have a light and dark point. So if you have a circle, the light would hit the light point, then go down to a dark point. So it's just sort of uh, basic like shade and principles and drawing or something and applying that to a different medium. And the, the files, all these files that you upload are all PNG files or, or photo yeah, files? Yeah. PNGs. Yeah. Do you think you're ever going to experiment with some videos or something like that or no? Yeah, I dabbled. I dabbled in a bit of Art Effects. Like one of my recent NFTs had like a spinning sort of object in the back, but I, I don't really. I usually just would hire someone else if for, like, for that stuff for like animation. So, like, if I needed help with apart from my NFT, you suggest I like not outsource but collab collaborate with an artist. Yeah, for sure, you can do either. So it depends probably on licensing. Like. I'm now trying to work with a musician and um so like if you're going to sell it on as an nft you need to make sure you have the right rights or you sort out a deal or you collab so if you collab it might be a 50 50 deal then you just split the profit after mm -hmm. that's what I, I was thinking of there's just um so many opportunities for me with this nft space as we go forward what advice you know i actually really thank you for you actually spit a lot of gold for my, my listeners what i got from it personally is really really hammer down this community thing like i i, I that's what i'm going to really focus on i'm not going to take that lightly that's what i got from this what advice do you have for young artists um who just learn about this nft space who want to get to where you are one day it doesn't happen overnight and i wouldn't fucking get discouraged because of all i still feel like my art's shit i still feel like really? no one get yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a lot of the time, like today I just made a pit and think, fucking hell, that's shit. Like, it's, it doesn't go away. Like, that feeling of being a fucking beginner doesn't go away. Like, it's, it's, I don't think it ever does. Um, like, I still look at my work and go, what the fuck was that? This looks shit. Like, just constantly, like, it just goes through your head and you just have to think, fuck it, because people like it. Um, but I don't always. It's, 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 it's one of those things. It's like, you can't do much about it, but I think just staying consistent, sticking with it and and just interacting and just putting yourself out there a bit and um, just focus on your work. And um, I have one more thing to say. Do you ever, like, how long do you spend a, on a day? Because I'm assuming this is an everyday thing for you. How long do you spend working on your art and do you get burnt out? Like, do you ever, like, what do you do to manage that? Uh, yes, I try and do it daily every day. So that would, it depends how easily it comes. Sometimes you're just banging head up against a brick wall and you can't make, anything it all looks like shit and it's just n nothing click and um what you're trying to get into is like a flow state so like whatever sort of activates that whether it's listening to something or sort of just getting in, into a groove and you it could be like a few hours or a couple hours um then the piece is done then i just put it to one side and post it then that's that taken care of and i focus on my com commission work but um yeah lately my work-life balance has been shocking to be honest with you especially with lockdown so i haven't Wait, what do you mean by that what do you mean like what do you mean by that uh bad like really. just work yeah just work just work 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 so um but that's good though don't you think that's good yeah uh, yeah i suppose so but like your physical you need to look after your physical and your mental um or you're just not going to be productive as you can be you, you're like working with a machine where the clock where the cogs aren't spinning like as optimally as they could be i think so i think like um you got to think of inspiration i had a um i think it was a artist at disney she like sketched out some of the um, character designs for toy story and she treated inspiration like almost something you had to fill up. So like a glass. So you have like so much inspiration you can use. And when that dwindles down and you've used it, you have to go out into the world and absorb stuff and art and just looking at shit like 
animals or like people walking about and just refill that tank then go back at it so there's a lot of different tactics you can use to sort of jump start yourself and you think um, that you think that that physical like you think that you said physical you think like physical exercise that or like just like going outside you think that helps your art actually oh yeah yeah definitely like i uh i came off a call the other day with some really good artist and a really good opportunity and i just felt shit afterwards i was like this is i just like just so negative like my mental was just like this is shit they're, they're sh like all just negative talk so then i just went i walked the dogs for like five minutes and i was just revitalized just like instantly like fucking something wash over you i'm not sure what it is but just being trapped in like with this screen and you is just not no, i agree i agree I, like i have this urge like i've been feeling this urge like dude you need to learn cinema you need to keep at it but just like you said, like if I don't work out or if I don't do go outside, just you said, I feel a little negative. And it's I think that's something that I'm starting to notice, too, is like this. You said it best. This screen it presents a lot of opportunities for us, but it's also yeah. detriment in some cases. Yeah, it feels counterintuitive to the culture at the moment, especially how people talk online. And you have people like Gary Vee, like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like that's good to a degree, like. 70 percent but when you've got your foot fully on the gas that's when you burn out and you're fucked for a month and you can't do anything so it's like you've got to almost sort of keep the accelerator down as much as you can without like flat did you, and, and I, it's, it's interesting how you mentioned gary v did you actually like look up to gary v and use him as a source of inspiration coming up because yeah. i did too like i yeah, couldn't yeah. help it like his energy was good <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd have my headphones in and just brainwash myself to get started. I was like, yeah, I can make my own business. I can do this shit. It's not a cult. It's like, yeah, literally, I don't literally have his podcasting all the time now. Now it's like it's almost like having the um stabilizers on a bike. When you take them off and you're going, you're like, I don't need that shit anymore. <laughs> anymore, I can do it myself. And yeah, you're going. To be honest with you, now, like, I, I still love him. I still think he's one of the greatest. Out. I can't listen to him as much as I used to. Though, <laughs> now everybody's on him. And it's just like, dude, I was on this two years ago and no one said anything. Yeah, yeah. I think once you build up your foundations and you use inspiration and then you're internal and you're looking forward and your foundation's built, then you can move on to the building itself. Okay, I want to ask you one last question to end this off. Sorry for extending it one more time. But Sorry, man. what are your goals to end this off like for a year from now so if, if i were to check back a year from now what would your goals be with your art uh, with everything i really am looking to um polish up the drop i'm working on and make something in innovative in the space and i don't feel like and i really want to put together a world and world build and make characters that mean something to me and ultimately the end goal I'm looking at is a series of art exhibitions which will carry a narrative through them so you'll have one say 2022 another one 2023 and the narrative through line will carry on for years and I'm really looking like projecting these ideas into the future so they're all sort of abstract in my head then like I try and explain someone and it's just like a lot of shit comes out and they're like can you write this down and I'm like no I've got to just do it and sort of step through it one one foot after the other and I think short term I'm looking to polish the drop up I can't say much at the moment but it's, it'll be like multi-component and there'll be like interactive elements and loads you, of cool shit can I ask you what you mean by characters um I got this little dude up here so I'm sort of working on sort of making a story of this guy and um you, wait well how did, is this just how did you make did you make that or what this was in C4D, then oh, I sent okay. it over to a company in China. So um, then they manufacture it. 
That's actually funny you say that. I, this is actually my my all time goal, and this is a nerdy goal. Is that's why I actually got into Cinema 4D. Is I want to I want to create the best modern American anime of all time. Here in the states, everybody talks about the Avatar, the last yeah. Avatar. I want to surpass that one day. And I I always saw myself. I have the storyline in my head. I always saw myself like talking, like having with being with a team. But that's why now, like I'm, I'm starting to learn Cinema 4D just in case. But I'm um, as I said, I I got ten years to go before I even think of that. Yeah, I think that's the game. I think long term's the game because you can. I think short goals and sort of progressing yourself, and but the rest is like a mist, like it's abstract. It's like I know what's there roughly, like I can see bits poking out, but it's not fully formed in front of me. So like the only way to get there is through short goals and progressing your skill set and making small projects, and they eventually will accumulate to something larger. But you need all this small shit to sort of pile up and to the. I like how you're, uh, you're, 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 even though you've, you found a lot of success in this space, your goals are 100% authentic and genuine and they're about your art and improving your art. And I'm sure, you know, the profits are good, but I like how you are, you, you know, you're, I know the profits are good, but I like how you're focused on the progression of your art. Um, it's, you know, makes me think it'll last. And it's something that, as I said, I think going forward, I'm looking at all these artists. I think just like you said, a genuine motive, a genuine, um, I think use cases are big too. Uh, I'm trying to think of use cases for mine. Um, and I think, you know, as you said, finding a way for your art to stand out is big and the community. How much time, just for my own advice, should I spend on the community versus making art? I think um, whenever you pick up your phone and go on Twitter, like just, just scroll through, leave a comment, retweet. It's like something that I wouldn't, I don't carve time out my day. Like if you're just like, you check, I check my phone Every like every doing something, months, yeah. yeah, between tasks, and I sort of just make sure to put something out there or interact or reshare and just make it sort of a natural thing because you always check your phone, you check your notifications, and you might just go on Twitter and write, like leave a comment or something. So, just I wouldn't like make it like a thing because I don't think you'd stick to it like diet, like I don't think like a diet works long term. I think like changes actually. healthier changes, yeah. So, the same thing to your social media it's more of a habit and lifestyle change all right well thank you so much for uh this interview my friend i actually have if you could it's up to you if you could please send me some of your artworks i would love to put them at the beginning of this episode so my viewers yeah, could sure. know what they're looking at uh yeah, beforehand man. like a couple of pieces i'll put some music in the background um but yeah, thank you so much honestly like i actually learned a lot for my own self and i'm going to try and use some of these tactics going forward yeah my pleasure man it's great talking to you Hey, be safe, and I'll probably have this episode up on Thursday. All right, boss? So, take care, man. Be safe.